0: Welcome to Eloping with the Truth. In this episode, we'll be talking about authenticity. It's a topic that is very important to both of us. And we want to explore what it means to be your authentic self in this digitalized, modernised and globalised world. Why it's so tricky while you're growing up and its place and role in the professional world. What would you say that being authentic is to you? In my opinion, authenticity is reflecting your values and your opinions in what you do and how you present yourself to other people.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. For me personally, I think that being an authentic individual means to express your morals and your beliefs in the actions that you put forward in the daily. Would you say that being authentic is therefore important to you?
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely important, especially for the relationships I have with other people and, and with myself when I'm trying to improve myself, that I'm very authentic to the values that I have and that I'm not just trying to kind of deny any values or any aspects of myself. expression It brings kind of a deeper meaning to relationships and allows you to have an understanding and kind of breaks down a barrier that people sometimes put up which causes misunderstanding.
1: Is there a quality that you value in other people?
0: Um, I mean I'm very aware that I sometimes struggle with authenticity when it comes to like new situations or professional situations Um, but I definitely do think that I value it in other people because I try to be my most authentic self um, despite my anxieties around it and being judged but I think it just yeah it's it's a two sided thing like you can't have a meaningful relationship if just one of you is being authentic, especially in an example if like one pe- one person is being authentic and the other person is trying to kind of mold themselves to be more likable um it has to be a both ways type of thing and an understanding that you have with the other person that because you're being authentic there is room for judgment but also, acceptance has to be kind of a main thing. So are you happy with who you are now, or would you change anything about yourself? I would say first and foremost
1: that I'm still... that I recognise that I'm still on a journey of, like, self-discovery. As we all are growing right. yeah. I feel like everyone is, and I don't think that I'm currently the best version of myself because I think that I still need to figure out what that means and who that person is. I definitely think that I'm in a much better place than I was in, for example, secondary school because I have a better understanding of who I am. In the same way, I think that in 50 years time, I'll probably be a lot more like understanding of my flaws and my strength than I do now. But what about you?
0: Um, I agree that we're all kind of on a journey. And sometimes we think that's only while growing up. And once we hit adulthood, we'll be like, I know who I am and I'll hopefully be the best version of myself. But I think it's kind of a lifelong journey um and i think it's important to question maybe not every day but like (coughs) periodically like who you are what your values are and how you could always improve yourself um for the benefit of yourself and others um to do your best in to reach your goals and in the kind of professional realm as well this kind of idea of lifelong learning that ever ends um in this way authenticity it's always It's always about showing other people your openness and also not being afraid of judgment. I think that's a big part of it and kind of helps me with it. I don't think I am the best version of myself now and I accept that about myself and will continue to change and that doesn't affect how authentic I am because I know that I'll be a different person in, say, a year but hopefully I will be presenting exactly who I think I am every moment of that journey when would you say that you feel most authentic definitely in situations where i'm most comfortable where people know me the best and have known me over years where i've changed so for example with you or with people in church because they've known me since i was really young or with people i went to secondary school with for like six ish years it's quite easy to be authentic then because they've already seen lots of different sides of me And I know that they accept me for that. Whereas in new environments, it's more difficult because you're not sure how people will respond. And so there's more of a pressure.
1: Even with that, I do feel like I am still a different person at church versus who I was at secondary school. Mm. The good thing about going to church every week, for me as someone who's grown up in the church, considering that I've been there since I was like three I think a good thing about being in the church is that I'm very spiritually open if that makes sense like I'm very mm-hmm. comfortable going to a person and being like oh yeah I believe this or I don't believe this or mm-hmm. having deep conversations or philosophical conversations about like if there's a higher power or not however I wouldn't necessarily feel as com- comfortable talking about that stuff in a school environment is mm-hmm. it's a very True. different setting
0: yeah and I also think with that people get to know different sides of you like People with school, I would hardly ever debate fundamental morals with them. But that is something I did literally every Sunday for as long as I can remember. So obviously, they're going to know my fundamental values a lot more than, say, what I like or dislike in daily life, what my opinions are on certain subjects and developments. And I think that as a whole builds your character and the person you reflect when you're being authentic. What do you think the difference is between them in reinventing yourself and being fake?
1: I would say there's a pretty big distinction. I think the key word there is yourself, and therefore I think reinventing yourself is therefore about developing your persona and your character. And for me personally, that would mean being more open about my thoughts and opinions and beliefs, or doing more things that relate to what I do believe in. So if I was someone who was very like pro, let's do something about climate change, which I am to an extent, but say I was someone who was very like, yes, protests are the way forward, they make a lot of difference and change, I would therefore be someone who then is proactive and goes to protest and is like, yes, this is what I believe in. I think being fake is on uh, the opposite end of that spectrum, and I think that being fake means to create a persona that doesn't fit your morals. So in that same example of me loving change or loving the idea of, of making a better planet, I would say that being fake would mean saying stuff against protest if I was someone who loved protest.
0: I think maybe it's very to do with like actions versus words because you can try and like portray or, or like with the stuff you wear or something, you can put on a persona in the stuff you say and what you wear, but really your actions reflect who you are. So say if you said you were really pro, like, do something against climate change, but you, hmm, but you never did anything about it, which is (laughs) kind of, oof, which is kind of, I guess, a bit controversial because I think a lot of us, and I would put myself in that category, I say, oh, my gosh, yeah, climate change is such a big issue. Yeah, I still use, I mean, all the energy. I would, I very rarely do things to inconvenience myself, that would actually make a difference to that cause which maybe i have to work on because that's me not being authentic but i think i I I think okay there's there's maybe that's not being fake but that may not be i don't know putting actions through my words maybe being fake on that spectrum would be actually not believing in the cause and doing something to harm it or just saying that to fit in and then not actually believing that it's a cause worth sacrificing the things for, which I do believe in. And I don't think I'm a hypocrite for necessarily not making drastic change as a result of that. But I do think it's something I guess I need to work on.
1: I mean, on the climate change, Adele, I wouldn't say that anyone really needs to make massive drastic changes because there's so many small things that we can do, right? For example, with the whole plastic bag thing, fine with the government's introduction of you now having to pay for plastic bags, and therefore Mm. people are now reducing the amount of plastic bags that they buy. That is arguably on a large scale you could say that's a big thing that has happened it's a big change but on the individual level that isn't that big of a change at least for my family who was already a family didn't use or take plastic bags from shops very often so i think there's a difference between something happening on a large scale and therefore being it being a large impact and like the small things that we can do as individuals that therefore create a large
0: change so kind of moving out of the personal sphere how essential do you think authenticity is for leadership positions is this the same for a corporate and a
1: political setting? Oh, I think that anyone who is in a political setting, any politician, I think that they have a responsibility as people to be authentic. And by saying this, I mean that they have the responsibility to, for example, put actions or put things in place that reflect beliefs that they've presented in the media, if that makes sense. Uh-huh.
0: So, for yeah. example,
1: I think that political parties, if they say that they believe in something, they should make changes towards that thing happening.
0: Uh, In a corporate setting, it's then a bit different. Um, But also, I guess also in a political crisis, which we're seeing now, is because maybe authentically you're feeling quite a lot of stress. But in order to um, kind of do your duty to make sure um, everything is in order and to coordinate people effectively, you might not want to portray that authentic self um, and show that you are confident in what you believe in, even if you're not. Um, but then again, you are seeing a lot of people now in in the wake of coronavirus who, um, like celebrities, but also like people in leadership positions, like the mayor of New York, talking openly about their anxieties about the whole um, pandemic and kind of the impact that it's having. And it, I guess it's a different approach. It's a pers- personal approach to leadership that kind of shows people their humanity and also their um, how they're not necessarily different from everyone else. Um, and I think that can also be another strategy. But there was quite an interesting article that I read which kind of listed some negatives to being too authentic. And first of all, it started off with saying that there's a difference between a healthy dose of authenticity and that it can be negative if there's too little or too much um, and the things they pulled out were that um, you could fail to grow um, it could lead to oversharing and that um, kind of the people working for a company would feel inferior and therefore be less creative and less helpful Um, which was very interesting because I'd never come across this. I'd always just thought about authenticity as an overarching good concept. Um, But I guess everything is only good in a healthy dose. So failing to grow was um, as a result of kind of sticking rigidly to like who you think you are in that moment and being more concerned with being authentic than you are with improving yourself, which... I guess is a point because we do need to be developing and maybe development is more important than being authentic sometimes and oversharing being an issue because if you're too because authenticity does make you vulnerable it does show your flaws and therefore oversharing cannot be correct in a lot of different say professional and corporate and political settings where it makes you vulnerable and kind of may sabotage your kind of like team effort and people need to learn how to dial down different aspects of their personality or authentic self while in these situations. The last one it was based on some studies but it was really surprising to me that workers under highly authentic leaders would be less creative and less helpful which I guess is not something I had ever thought of before
1: I feel like it makes sense just because authenticity is synonymous with being self-aware. And therefore, if you are someone who is aware of yourself, both your like pros and your cons, you're therefore more likely to be aware of like other people's actions and if they are yeah. positive or negative or like the stuff that they do. And I guess you could either be inspired by that or you could be
0: uninspired, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think it's a point to say that while inspiration is a tactic used by leaders, other tactics may be, in the end, more effective, even if they seem less fair. So, like, fear may be much, much more motivating than inspiration is. Or, like, pressure or stress can be so much more productive in a workplace than just inspiration.
1: But that's scary, though. Or at least I think it's Yeah.
0: Something. That, like, yeah.
1: the negative has a much larger impact on how you behave as an individual mm. than a positive. Yeah.
0: I mean, the behaviour of leadership has always fascinated me because they have this kind of you don't see that kind of behavior anywhere else in life except for in leaders where they push people and you think that's unfair but really they're very focused on results and it is quite an interesting debate is that fair is it fair to prioritize say if you if you use fear as a tactic or you use pressure as a tactic is it fair to your workers to kind of cause them this emotional stress basically in order to achieve results but that's what the CEOs are there for and that's what keeps the company running and that's what keeps the world running. I, I get that but at the same time
1: I think it's important to note that obviously in terms of like the business sense there's definitely been studies that show that the opposite also is very mm. allowed yeah. like, again so for example the use of financial incentives in mm, sense, tends to also increase productivity there was a quote from that article that said that there is no value or behavior that is universally positive and that was relating to the idea of authenticity and it being possible to be both a good or bad thing depending mm. on like the environment that it's in or like i guess the individual's personal experience or just their reflection of what authenticity is because obviously my version of being authentic might mean being very like positive about everything whereas someone else might be super negative about everything mm. a pessimist. Um, and so it's definitely dependent on who the individual is and the environment and whether it's, it's therefore applicable so with what you were saying about oversharing and how that's negative to being authentic it kind of creates this whole idea of whether authenticity causes alienation in a professional workplace because of the idea that it is not necessarily a suitable place for a a person's personality.
2: Mm,
0: True. You kind of have to be aware of like team settings and it's not about your individual a lot of the time it's about a team effort and collaboration and in that way you have to pick out the parts of yourself that are going to be most beneficial.
1: Yeah I think relating that to the whole thing about authenticity in in the corporate or political setting I think a big distinction is that as much as we could say that politicians have there is kind of an expectation for them to be their authentic self or maintain their morals or the ideas that they present to the public in the beginning of their like I don't know their reign (laughs) um I think it's different to being in the corporate world so for example if you're an accountant or or a lawyer or someone like that because I think that your personality isn't necessary to an extent Mm. I think to gain clients charisma is definitely a thing and when I did work experience charisma was a massive thing that I was surprised at how important it is because people were having such casual conversations and I was like what Mm. um and so obviously in that sense I think that it's it's important for gaining clients but i think that in terms of giving advice or doing the job itself it's not necessary to be authentic
0: and i guess there you're talking about to get the job done say say something like marketing where say charisma is very important i don't think a lot of marketers would say that they're being their authentic self while they're pitching something because they are probably playing up their charismatic features and definitely not letting on any of their limitations In order to do their job, basically, and in that way, I guess you need to kind of regulate it. There was an interesting opinion viewpoint which started with authenticity is overrated, and I was like, This is something I strive for, I would definitely disagree with this article. However, when I read it, it did make quite an interesting point because I mean, they did take a different definition of authenticity, which They said that being one's true self would be basically giving in to any kind of impulses. If you think that a person isn't made up of their morals, I guess you would take up this version of authenticity where it's just kind of what our nature is and... To quote, she said that my authentic self sadly is a fan of pyjamas and inertia. She doesn't take the bin uh, out or write thank you notes or file tax returns. Her heart tends to sink when she spies a lonely man from next door. Authenticity is at heart the idea that we should make the way we behave match um, the way we should, the way we behave match the way we feel on the inside. But really, a functioning society depends on keeping a healthy distance between the two. Authenticity is, at heart, the idea that we should make the way we behave match what we feel on the inside. But really, a functioning society depends on keeping a healthy distance between the two. And to be honest, I have to agree because I guess maybe our impulses or what we do authentically when we haven't reached the best version of ourselves isn't what a functioning society needs and isn't what we need at the time and therefore we have to act against ourselves But then again, I've always had a belief that we are also made up in part of what we believe rather than what we feel. And our beliefs may be that it is morally and practically better to be productive and to do things that may not be fun but may be necessary. But I did think it was a very interesting and surprising article.
1: If we are to relate that to social media, because lots of people are kind of like, we shouldn't talk about our emotions on social media or present that side of us. Do you think that? it's possible to be authentic on social media, specifically on stuff like Instagram, where people often present the best versions of themselves.
0: I think it's definitely hard because there is that kind of idea of oversharing that we touched on earlier. There's a difference between people who have lots and lots of followers or who just have followers who are their friends. But even in your friends, you're not like on that level to share everything with all your friends. Maybe just showing the best version of yourself is what social media is for. It's for putting the best version of yourself out there and kind of developing and hoping that you will become that person. But it's always necessary to be honest, that you do have limitations, even if you don't go into great depths. Because I think it touches on the aspect of being fake again if you pretend that those good elements are the only things that you're made up of that would not be justified and that's not what social media is there for. And I feel like that's what a lot of people do on social media, though.
1: I definitely agree. I think either expressing too much of yourself on social media or not m- enough can be very toxic and very bad and create a toxic mm. environment for you. So, for example, if you're someone who suffers from an eating disorder and you are in the period of time when you're actually
0: struggling with it,
1: if you start posting about it, there is a danger that people who are following you could be triggered by it.
0: Mm, true. Kind of on the topic of social media, do you think cancel culture is justified? Personally, no.
1: I don't think it is. I don't think it's in any way, shape, or form helpful. Just because at the end of the day, we all have differing opinions about what is right and what is wrong, and we also are only presented with one perception of an individual. Because we, the reality of the situation is, we don't know enough about some of these people who are online. We only see one corner of their life, and we don't know if this person is like. Really terrible and horrible, or if they're really nice and genuine, and that they've just they've just made mistakes in life. And I think that cancel culture can be especially toxic when something arises about a person that happened when they were like fifteen, or like someone said something, even if it was like racist or homophobic. But if it was said at such a a different period in their life, for example, say they said it when they were fifteen, and now they're thirty. I don't think bringing that up and going, oh yeah, this person's such a terrible individual is in any way, shape, or form beneficial. Mm -hmm. And if anything, I think it's unfair to destroy that individual's career on on a mistake that they made, because none of us are perfect, yeah.
0: Yeah, I definitely, I wholeheartedly agree, because... Yeah, because we don't know everything about a person and people change year to year. We wouldn't say that we're the same person we were two years ago. And that is obviously very different because we're a lot younger and when we're older we'll probably develop at a bit of a slower speed. But you always have to make sure that, like, the... Cancer culture is very harsh and it's done by the masses and it can be victim to, like, just crowds perpetuating their own over-dramatized version of events and it can wander away from the truth and just into a realm of villainizing a person rather than seeing them as human, which is very big issue with the internet because you're not there to see their face, you're not there to see the hurt you're causing. One of the things that really struck me about, like, the power of the internet and people and comments, and obviously it's a lot of a bigger issue when your career rides on it, such as celebrities, was the suicide of Caroline Flack. That was her... Yeah. The entire internet had free reign over her personal life. And while obviously it was put to court, it was being dealt with under the necessary measures, but obviously it came to a very sad end, an unjustified end, probably mostly from public pressure and ridicule and the fact that everyone pretty much turned on her. And even people who have such a big presence and who put so much about themselves on the internet, you still don't know. As much as you think you know them, you still don't know about them personally. You'll never know what they're going through.
1: I think the most dangerous thing about the internet, or especially on social media, is the fact that people who wouldn't necessarily say stuff to your face uh, feel like they then have the confidence to do online because they're not in a position where they're looking directly at you, the chance of them suffering massive consequences because of that thing they've said is very slim, unless they're someone in a position of power, or someone who is a celebrity. I don't understand why people hate for the reason of hating. Like, I don't understand what anyone gains from that.
0: The internet is very anonymous, and while that kind of takes away some power of, like, recognition and status... It gives you the power of like free rein to bully whoever you want and put your words on the internet without consequences, and that is definitely very dangerous.
1: I was watching this documentary. I can't remember what it was called, but they were talking about how um, when you apply to some businesses, they Google you online to see what you like, who you kind of are as a person, and what you represent. And I don't know. I found that pretty interesting because I was like, I didn't think that people would do that, but I guess if you're someone with such a massive internet presence and you're putting yourself out there, then I don't know.
0: This took a bit of a darker turn But I think it's definitely a very serious issue Also a very interesting issue for thinking about your future and thinking about the significance of authenticity In a healthy dose, it can be so beneficial to your life and your relationships and the way you think The next segment is going to be interviewing our friend Dummy and getting his take on what it means to be authentic in the music industry and for him personally would you like to
2: tell us a bit about how you know us and who you are? So I'm Donnie, as i just said. I know both of them through growing up in church. I used to actually go to house quite a lot, more or less every day, which is quite fun. Um, and me and Joyce have become quite close recently, compared to how we have been, which is quite nice. Yeah, that's me.
0: So diving right into the deep end.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah jump straight in. If you were a fruit, which one would you be? <laughs> Ooh, um oh that's a good question you know i think i would be an orange not like a tangerine like an actual like orange because they're quite wow. difficult to open right once you get that outer <laughs> layer broken down there's some there's some good stuff on there there's some good stuff in that
0: that would be a uh tomato because it's like it's versatile it fits into many different categories and it's basically the basis of everything that is nice like pizza <laughs> and
2: pasta Disagree with that. I know you don't like tomatoes. Every single meal I have at Anna's house is tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah, I like it, I like
1: it. <laughs> when do you feel like your most authentic self?
2: Probably like eleven o'clock, maybe ten o'clock at night. I'm just sat there on my on my computer, just producing music. My headphones in, and I'm just in the zone, and it's just like me just comes out through my music at like late at night what's something people seem to misunderstand about you oh maybe that they think i've tried to be a certain person and tried to fit into a certain category but generally i'm just trying to be myself and i am myself what type of person do you think that they think you're trying to fit into i think they're trying to think i'm trying to fit in to the group that i'm with if that makes sense okay so they think i kind of change myself depending on who i'm around but it's just, it's more that different people bring out different sides of me. Not to say that that side that they're bringing out isn't me. It is me. It's just coming more to the surface when I'm with certain people.
1: Yeah, like a different part of your personality.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay,
0: cool. And I think a lot of people feel that, like, when you question your authenticity and why you're different around different people, it's not its not an, a bad thing. It's just that it can actually be a good thing, like, exploring different parts of yourself.
2: Yeah, I feel like definitely this day and age as well, in our generation, there's such pressure to kind of conform to to one kind of clique, Mm. one kind of group, one type of person, one stereotype. And that's just not me. You guys know me. I am Donny. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's with like in the age of social media, you can see a lot more people and more people like have people who they're looking up to or that they aspire to be. And there, you see a lot more people following the same trends and kind of trying to change themselves to be the same person. And there are things that you can do or add on to yourself that don't necessarily like change you as a person, but it's you experimenting and trying new th- add things with your identity, especially while you're growing up. Like you're not going to be the same person is, in two years.
2: This is the time
1: for us to do it. We don't have massive responsibilities.
0: Exactly.
2: There'll be minimal consequences if we mess up. <laughs> we might get told of by parents. You know i mean speaking That's from experience like, yeah exactly There's, we're still finding ourselves
0: at this age so do you think it's important to be like real and authentic with people
2: to a certain yeah definitely you should always in everything you do i feel like you should always do it how you want to do it that makes sense but then also at certain times certain people might turn their personality down and mellow down a bit just because when it's appropriate they i'm a bubbly guy I like cracking jokes i wouldn't crack a joke at a funeral but i mean yeah, I'm just always smiling. I'm a bubbly person, happy person. I like getting to know people. I wouldn't necessarily kind of try to get to know someone maybe at like a important event. Do
0: you think authenticity is necessary in the music industry or would you say most of it's like act or what people kind of mold themselves into, like that image?
2: I feel like in the music industry, you're willing, if you want to make it and you're desperate to make it, You're willing to do whatever it takes, which is why it's a dangerous industry. But like with me, for example, I've literally, I finished a song two days ago and it's literally just about feelings, just about how I feel about a certain person, right? And that's as authentic as you can get. But then on other types of music that I do, I'll exaggerate certain things or kind of make up certain things just so people want to listen to it, which I'm not saying that's business, but that's just what I need to do to become relevant. So I
0: feel
2: like, in the actual songs you're making, depending on your target audience, authenticity is definitely necessary. But in the image of the artist, clothes they wear, what people they chill with, you know, if you're like Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg, if you're, you're being pushed to kind of promote something, you've got to make sure that in your heart, you want to do that, but you also got to attack it in a certain way that you might not want to, if that makes sense. You've got to do it in the best, the best suited way, which suits the people you're trying to attract.
1: Would you say that that's the same with
2: influencers, for example, in social media? I feel like with music, it's a lot easier to be yourself. On social media, it's just a lot easier. And I wouldn't say better. It's a lot, it's, it's definitely easier to um, show the best side of your life. And it's more tempting to, definitely. That's a good way to put it. It's more tempting to show the best parts of your life on social media. And so when you look at all of these influencers who have twenty K to millions of followers, you know, that's a big amount. Even even the small amounts, which we consider small amounts, one thousand people, two thousand people following you, that's still two thousand lives which you could be changing. That's a lot of people. Do you mm. know what I mean? And so the difference between music and social media, music is you're writing about your personal experiences. Social media, you're showing the things of your life that you want people to see. Yeah. Right? Mm. I've I've written songs about adoption, because obviously I'm adopted, I've written songs about depression, about heartbreak, but I wouldn't post that stuff on social media, I wouldn't post when I'm depressed or when I'm feeling like that, just because, it's sad to say, but I'm sure a lot of people do this, I don't want to lose followers.
1: Online, it's kind of a, it's a different space, like, especially when you have a lot of followers and it's more, like, tailored to your
0: audience, it won't mm. be on that level, like, you're not on that level with. 3,000 people that you can yeah, be sharing, yeah, yeah. like those feelings with and I think that's not, it's like how to appropriately use that so mm. it sounds like you're quite open about your insecurities and in your
2: mm. music
0: or at least just in general now Um do you think kind of closing that side off even in day-to-day life is an issue that is perpetuated by stereotypes of masculinity Oh,
2: jumping into the toxic masculinity <laughs> to like. <laughs> No, I feel like I've definitely felt the need to put a front on at some points in my life. Um, It's just, it's not all the time, but there's just little bits as well. Like someone asks you how you are. Oh yeah, I'm fine. How are you? It's so easy to brush it off.
1: Um,
2: But then I feel like I'm lucky in the fact that I can express that into my music because people don't ask questions about the song. They don't ask questions about the song, they just listen to it and like, oh, he knows what he's talking about. So I feel like day to day life, I definitely hide emotion. Definitely. Because we all have struggles. Some of those struggles can be embarrassing or personal and we don't want to share that with people. Or it's still very fresh in our heads and we're still trying to think everything through. In that case, that definitely then applies to my music. I'll write some lyrics or a few bars when I'm in that emotion and then come back to it maybe up to six months later, mm-hmm. when I've had a chance to really think about it and get over it. Because I've still got the stem of when I was really, I felt the pure emotion mm-hmm. in the few lyrics that I've written. And it just allows me now to look at it with a more mature stance. What would you say that you're most grateful for? I'd say my support network, because I do feel like I've got a lot of people who I do trust. My mum being one. Definitely you guys. Like, Anna, I've got to spend your time with, with problems. When we have our walks in the park, <laughs> we, uh, we talk about the details. Um, but, yeah, no, definitely my support network. So mm-hmm. that's from people at church to family to friends to sometimes people at college, teachers.
1: Yeah, I think that helps with authenticity as well because,
0: like, especially people I know from church, they, I'd say I can be most authentic with them because I've known them the longest yeah and like your your friendship isn't dependent on who you are at that point or like you're just kind of linked from such a young age that you're you're independent person
2: kind of like a family that isn't your family you'll tell your family certain things before you tell other people Mm. and I feel like I definitely come to people at church not even like adults even like the youth at church Mm. I go to for more advice than I do my mum I think Mm. definitely the
1: same with me um but I think A part of that is also just the fact that with church, there is this whole community within the youth. We do have this community of peers who have grown up with us. Ooh, just out of interest, what is the first thing that
2: you notice about that? So I feel like when I'm just seeing them, I love fashion. You you guys have seen quite a few wacky haircuts, quite a few wacky outfits from me. Probably first I noticed shoes. And then I look at the rest of their outfit, and then it's bad, but I do then say, oh, I'd like to kind of get to know them, or I wouldn't. I'll make the first judgment on that. But if someone's introducing me to another person, I'll definitely recognize their facial features, see if they're kind of a warm, warm person, if they're smiling, I'll look at their eyes, make quite a bit of eye contact, just to kind of get to grips with the person' characteristics, because people can put on a front, mm. they can put a smile on, and you can definitely tell by looking at someone's eyes whether their facial teachers are genuine or sincere or if they're putting a front on i'd say the people that i choose to surround myself with um because that changes quite often if you actually think about it maybe for me as well getting kicked out of one secondary school (laughs) and moved to another one i've been able to adapt and kind of change who i'm with quite easily but maybe i'm just speaking for myself but there's stages you go from kind of when you're really young just your parents choose to, to surround you with Then you go into primary school. First few years, you just kind of all right with everyone. Then you get to the stage where it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to chill with this person because this person's cool, that person wears blah, blah, blah. Then you hit secondary school. Mm -hmm. And that's a complete different ballgame. There's kind of people who have known each other from primary school. They kind of chill with each other sometimes. And then, yeah, it's just different. Then again, me getting kicked out of secondary school and getting moved to another one. I had to change who I surrounded myself with completely. I went for a free friendship group and coming out of secondary school, and i am chill with people from my secondary school who I didn't know the names of when I was actually there. And it's changed completely now. I'm only okay with one person who I chilled with in secondary school and the rest of the people who coincidentally went to my secondary school and I just noticed her afterwards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say I had an intre- Yeah, I had the same kind of interesting experience when I changed like, schools because... I definitely saw a difference in, like, how I thought of myself um, between, like, when I'm with different people, people that I'd known for ages from church, like, I didn't necessarily hang out with them at school. Yeah. Because it's just a very different environment. And, like, people fit into your life differently. And it doesn't change who you are, but, like, you are different people, say, at school or at
1: um
2: For sure, for church. sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. But I think that goes back to what Donny was saying about how um, being in different places brings out different aspects of him and therefore he behaves in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a good thing because it's, I mean, I definitely feel a different level of comfort when I'm at school versus when I'm like with you or Donny, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: It's just, yeah, and it's with different people, you kind of, there's different levels of being yourself as well. So when I'm at school, I'll be myself. But I won't tell certain people certain things in a big group. I might not crack a few jokes at college just because I don't really don't really need to. You know, I'm there to work. But then when I'm out of college, you know, lunchtime, break time, whatever, I'll be cracking the jokes. I'll be telling having conversations with certain people. But then, say I get to church and our youth pastor, James, ask me a certain question one-to-one, I'm more likely to tell him a different answer than I would other people Mm -hmm. because i feel like i feel like definitely it's built up on trust as well
1: yeah
2: like people give you certain reasons not to trust them whereas people prove to you that you can trust them and yeah that definitely changes the game as well
0: and it changes the relationship you have with them
2: so yeah
0: so kind of a final question what type of person do you hope to be in the
2: future um i mean i want to make it in music Mm. but i'm also i'm i'll say that if I become famous and become rich it won't change me but I feel like to a certain extent it does change everyone um so I just kind of feel like I want to be able to remember where I came from who was there for me kind of thing Mm. definitely yeah
1: I agree with that I think when I look at people who are famous um I think Obviously, if you are someone who's got into yourself, got into a place where you now have a lot of money, I think it's definitely important to remember where it is that you came from because at the end of the day, yeah. that's made you who you are. And yeah. so I think with me too, um, whenever, if ever, I get to a place where I have a lot of money, I definitely want to give back to my community, it, whether that's like church or school or just I don't know.
2: I guess. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've 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 kind of forced myself to have the mindset of I am making it because if I don't believe it, no one will.
1: Yeah, sir. so it's just
2: it's just little things that I say as well. It's like. When my mum sees a nice car, I'll be like, "Mom, I'll buy you one of them one day. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of stuff like that.
0: Yeah. And I think mindset really does, I mean, it has the power to change who you are just like in day to day because something like confidence, that's just you telling yourself that you kind of accept yourself and this is who you are and you have the right to express it. And that does huge things for like how you present yourself.
1: Because when I went to... um So I did work experience at a law firm a while ago. And so I spoke to a partner at the law firm. And he was telling me about how he doesn't necessarily think that um private schools are any better than state schools. However, the one thing that children who go to private schools get is confidence. And therefore, they yeah. are able to do better because they are more confident in themselves. And they believe in
2: themselves a lot. Yeah. But do you know what? Yeah, I feel like that can be achieved in, in normal schools as well. Mm. It's just... I feel like when you go, if you go to a private, I wouldn't know because I've never had the chance to go to a private. <laughs> school. But you know that you're there, you're paying a certain amount of money, and you know that you can just fall back onto that if need be.
1: Yeah.
2: And that's where part of the confidence comes from. Maybe I'm wrong. It's what I just Yeah. yeah it's what I think it's my personal bar, just like
0: in day to day, because something like confidence, that's just you telling yourself that you kind of accept yourself and this is who you are and you have a right to express it. And that does huge things for, like, how you present yourself.
1: um, So I did work experience at a law firm a while ago. um, And so I spoke to a partner at the law firm, and he was telling me about how he doesn't necessarily think that um, um, private schools are any better than state schools. However, the one thing that children who go to private schools get is confidence, and therefore they are able to do better because they are more confident in themselves and they believe in themselves a lot more.
2: But you know what? Yeah, I feel like that can be achieved in 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 normal schools as well. Mm. It's just I feel like when you go if you go to a private, I wouldn't know because I've never had the chance to go to a private. (laughs) But you know that you're there because you're paying a certain amount of money, and you know that you can just fall back onto that if need be. Mm. Yeah, and that's where part of the confidence comes from. Maybe I'm wrong. This is what I just yeah. Yeah, this is what I think. This is my personal opinion. But I yeah. feel like you shouldn't be relying on money to be confident. Mm. You you should be you should be confident in your own skin before you're confident in leather skin, which costs yeah. a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: true. You know what I mean? true. Yeah. And I think we what we all have in common is that we have we are so lucky to have such strong roots, like and true. <laughs> massive
2: support network a hundred percent i feel like me i feel very very blessed of growing up in a church because mm-hmm. i've had the opportunity to meet new people talk to new people kind of help people but then like my passion of music stemmed in church yeah. you know i still i still drum at church i still play guitar piano sometimes you know what i mean yeah well and that's that's from the support of people at the church yeah. you know kind of pushing pushing me to do that mm-hmm. true and
1: like facilitating
2: it for you and yeah delete. exactly okay. I, even now during quarantine I just I call up call up Joseph who um, helps run the church mm. and I just say look can I kind of sneak in for maybe half an hour to play drum practice and he says yeah 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 don't worry we just come in be careful mm-hmm. yeah Well, that was quite an interesting conversation thank you for
0: joining us and sharing yes. and being so open anytime thank you for listening if you got this far um, we will be releasing new episodes shortly. Shortly being like a couple weeks. But I hope you liked it. I hope it made you think. And yeah, see you next time.